0: Welcome to the History Tricks, where any resemblance to a boring old history lesson is purely coincidental. Hello,
1: welcome to our travelogue episode for our trip this year
0: to Paris, France. But first, we want to give you a little bit of news. We do have another field trip coming up fairly soon. And if you're hearing our voices today, registration has opened at like Minds Travel. Dot com. Put us on pause, but come back. Now, this trip is to Austria. It's, it's June 20th through the 30th. We're going to Vienna and we're going to Salzburg. Yay! I know. I'm so excited. I went once in the winter, so I'm so excited to go back when it's warm. <laughs> the
1: hot chocolate won't be as refreshing, perhaps. Yeah, well. But the gardens
0: okay. will be far more beautiful. Palace gardens in June are going to be just stunning. I'm so excited. I'm so excited.
1: And not just Vienna. Later in 2024, we are also going back to Paris for round two, and we're going to take a long weekend in New York City. So while the latter two of those trips won't be ready for your name and address quite yet, it's just something to keep in the back of your mind as you go to Like Minds Travel to look up the details for our trip to Austria. All right. That business out of the way. Let us get back to our French travelogue. 50 listeners, two travel experts, and two podcast personnel, <laughs> shall we say. Um, and a few friends went to Paris and had such an adventure. We just want to take you through our trip with the assistance of the friends that were there with us.
0: To get to Paris, however, you and I got to go on a little adventure because we were coming from London.
1: Oh, it was so good. I got to ride on the Eurostar. It was so amazing. i never really ridden a long... Well, you know what? I did. I rode from here to Chicago. But there's not like that level of excitement.
0: mm Or speed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I took several conference calls from the baggage car of the Chicago train, though.
0: Oh, well, that was this interesting. One was much be- <laughs> this one was much better because you and I sat down and a very charming couple from Mexico City sat across from us and we just struck up a conversation and we chatted all the way to Paris. It was amazing. So hey, Marcella and Daniel. You know, when
1: you are placed face to face with complete strangers across a table, it could go so wrong, but it did not. Uh, the time flew, drinks flowed. Hmm. And, true. um, we had a great time. And so when we got to Paris and were able to get back to our lovely, charming courtyard hotel with a rooftop garden, we had another adventure before everyone got there. We often go to local places to get snacks. And it was a little more challenging in a country in which you think you might speak the language. But But you definitely don't.
0: And it wasn't just snacks for you and I. We get snacks for everybody to put into their their swag bags, right? Right. So that's 50 snacks. (laughs) So snacks acquired, many, many bags brought, many, many blocks by three of us. It was Beckett and myself, and I brought my friend Debbie. Now, Debbie and I had gone to Paris when we were 16. We had been exchange students in France and spent a week in Paris at the end. And there was two things that we didn't do that I really regretted since we were 16. So it was such a treat for me to be able to come back to Paris with her as grown-ups, Like a full circle. It was. It was lovely. But we brought our snacks back. We handed them over to Laura Hart, the... Organizer of all of our trips, and we got ready to meet all of our new friends. So, something that was so cool is this hotel
1: was so relatively small that it was almost you could tell when somebody came in the door that was a member of our group, and just one by one old friends that we'd seen before, new friends that realized, you know, who was around them and just joined the party. The party started before the party started, if you know what I mean. So, it was good. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we have a WhatsApp group for every single one of our trips just for the people that are going on the trip. So a lot of these people had already met online, just like Beckett and I did so many years ago. And they had made plans for places to go. They'd bought tickets together. They had plans for their free time already. So it was just kind of like, oh, I know who you are moment, which is it's fun. That's, that's one of the most fun things about meeting people on the internet, you know, meeting them live in (laughs) a (laughs) person.
1: So day one officially began with a cocktail party in the back courtyard, this hotel, so pretty, and then a double-decker scenic bus tour all the way across Paris.
0: And every city is beautiful at night. And this is one of my favorite things that we do, because we see the city kind of in its fanciest duds, you know, just everything is glittery and you get the lay of the land. And then as the week progresses, you can kind of fill in all the colors of things that you saw. But Paris at night is got to be one of the most magical places on the earth.
1: It was amazing. We have what's probably going to be the closest picture I will ever take of the Eiffel Tower. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we did. And we had the best bus driver because we went to uh, the Arc de Triomphe And he like did three laps around it so we could all get the picture that we wanted. Yeah, it was good.
1: Yeah, they they knew what they were doing. It was great. It was great to meet people. It was great to have people holding the back of other people's jackets as they leaned out to get the right shot. Also, the yelling, did someone get that? Send that to the WhatsApp group. Right. (laughs) And for some reason, I have noted here that all I ate for dinner was pistachio creme brulee, which there could be worse things.
0: No kidding. I have to admit there were several meals that I ate in France that were just wine and creme brulee. Like that was my meal. (laughs) And I was fine with it.
1: Day two began with a walking tour in which we saw the likes of Chanel, Chaparelli, Fitzgerald, Josephine Baker, Sarah Bernhardt, not Colette. I mean, we saw Colette. We haven't covered Colette yet didn't I ever tell you the story of when I came back from Paris last time and I was sitting next to like basically Jason Momoa in work overalls that was like the hottest like 22 year old ever and he said he was going to a small town in Oklahoma to see his cousin and I thought they are not they are not ready for you (laughs) and then I was watching Colette and he's like can I also listen and I gave him one of my headphones and I don't know if you know anything about Colette, but that ended up being super awkward.
0: (laughs) I do know about Colette.
1: That's all I'm going to say about that. Why don't you do some Googling and um, wait for that show? But that was an awkward ride back. So we saw some Colette sites, which will become more meaningful after we cover her.
0: So it was a wonderful tour that we saw some old friends and we met some new ones. So... Later in the day, my friend,
1: who I brought my friend Robin, who um, once upon a time lived in Paris and was a great person to have around the city. She and I went to the Sarah Bernhardt Cafe and it was the end of Fashion Week. Now, we did not, as another listener did, get a picture of Sofia Vergara. Yes, for real. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure that we have permission to share that. But if we do, we'll post it. <laughs> Instead, we sat next to the, the rudest customers I have ever experienced in a restaurant in my literal entire life. Oh, and yeah. so it was like a sense of freedom. Like no matter what fork we use, we're going to be okay. <laughs> um it was fashion week people and I will not reveal their nationality. It was European and that's all I'm going to say about that. Interesting. Um, okay. And they man, I mean they dragged the chef out of the kitchen. They said they were suspicious of the olive oil, that the wine was served in the wrong glass. I mean, the waiter by the end had basically had it. Wow. Anything
0: we could do? Americans were the stellar customers that day. Yeah. And both you and Robin have great, you know, you're not fluent, fluent, right? But you can speak traveler French.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah. We actually spoke the language of eyebrows and eye rolls with him um, more than actual. We had a good camaraderie going
0: I just know that when we got in the car after the train station, you were chatting up the driver. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't do Duolingo long enough. I'm not ready for this. Well, okay. So you know what we were talking about? She was talking about how
1: she was going to learn English and parts of it were very hard because the vowels didn't seem to... She said they didn't seem to behave And I'm like, I know no. it, it makes no sense She goes, one thing that is good Is everything is neutral And I'm like, yeah I'm often wondering like, Is a waterfall a girl or a boy? Is a, and, right. and I think I used <laughs> the words Girl and boy Instead of masculine and feminine But I did it on purpose Because it's that ridiculous to me Yeah <laughs> And so she started laughing And talking about Like she would say a word And then laugh and say You know, garçon
0: <laughs> So Maybe I have brought that terminology to her life. Well, um, getting back to day two, I had my first crepe of my trip for lunch. You guys were going to your nice restaurant and I went to a creperie and had a crepe. It was delicious. (laughs) I can't tell you what it was, though. Can't remember. There were so many.
1: I also um, laid waste to quite a few vintage stores. Mm. Um, That's something that I had done in London. So, yeah, went and did that. Bought some sweaters and skirts and... Um, I wrote, Robin almost fell into the street. It's so crowded on the metro. Also, I probably have COVID now. That's what I wrote. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> well, due to Fashion Week and then the incoming um, Rugby w- World Cup, the, oh, the city was a little God. busier than usual. And so the metro was very full, like yes. more full than, than usual. Like like you exfoliated yeah. your nose on the sweater of people ahead of you. <laughs> it was that crowded.
0: Yeah. After our luncheons, uh, we went to Saint-Chapelle, which is a stunning, stunning church with some of the most beautiful stained glass in the world. We lucked out and had a very sunny
1: day and the light coming through those thousands and thousands of pieces of intricate stained glass. Um, just filled the room with rainbows. It was almost indescribable. I mean, of course, this being the modern day, there were a lot of, um, attempts at Instagram pictures, but there was an attendant who wasn't having it. So he kept yeah. breaking up the poses. <laughs> this is a place of worship. Um, and so that was really, really good. So you got to kind of enjoy, enjoy the lights just in your head, in your eyes. You know, you had to really take it in like analog, which is mm-hmm. as nature intended there. So that was great. Yeah. Right next door, we went to the conciergerie, which is the place where Marie Antoinette and family had been held before their ultimate end. And much has been done to give you the history of the building, the history of the revolution. Um, there is actually a place where you can look up if you have relatives that were involved in the revolution. You can look them up by last name and it'll the projector will show you what happened to them.
0: There was a lot of interactive displays like that in there, but the place that I went that had the most impact on me was a courtyard where the women were allowed to walk every day, the women prisoners there. And it's not very large. Um, There was a lot of plants in there, but I just did like 10 laps around just thinking of what it would be like to be held prisoner there. And this was your only daylight.
1: And people didn't often come out of there? Mm -hmm. in 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 a nice way so yeah
0: what we have learned from doing these tours is that everybody has things they want to do that are off tour we call them side quests and we leave time every day for people to plan ahead and go on their side quests there was a number of people that really wanted to go to shakespeare and company myself included and so that was our side quest we were fairly close after getting out of the conciergerie We went to Shakespeare and Company. It's a very, very old bookstore and you have to wait in line to get in there, but it is so worth it. It was fun to stand in line with our new friends and just get to know people. And from that group, there was probably about 12 of us We started to walk back towards our hotel and we found a cafe and we're like, let's just stop here and get a little snack. This was meal number one for me that was uh, creme brulee (laughs) and wine. (laughs) And we sat there for hours. It just, I mean, it was so Parisian, you know, on the street in those cute cafes. And we just kept snacking and drinking and talking. And it was a wonderful experience, especially so early in the trip to have something so comfortable.
1: Also along that same area are the vendors called the Buchanists and it is a I mean, blocks and blocks worth of little boxes that open up to become shop counters. Some form of Bucaniste has been there along the river for 200 years. So I was able to find a vintage book. There are prints there. You never know when you're going to find a nice treasure. Two of the things that I always like to come home with are a book from a Bucaniste and a stamped book from Shakespeare and Company. And I picked both of those up on this day.
2: Hi, this is Emma. One of the side quests I was most excited to do on the trip was a visit to Shakespeare and Company. I had my birthday on the trip and Susan and Beckett actually got me a lovely cake from a French bakery near our hotel. But I had wanted to go to Shakespeare and Co. on my birthday and I ended up being way too tired. So I instead went the next day And There was a line to enter, so that was kind of intimidating, but it ended up being extremely charming inside. There were no photos allowed, but I got to visit the reading rooms where generations of resident writers, too many to count, have worked on their craft over the years. I was checking out and I heard a couple of the workers talking about how one of them had a birthday the next day. So I told her my birthday had actually been the day before and she gave me some free stickers as a birthday present. I don't know what her name was or anything about her, but I did think of her the next day and I hope that her birthday was as good as mine was. Day three was a big one.
1: Day three was a lot of people's dream trip. We... We're on our way to Versailles.
0: We were, I was so excited for Versailles, not just the palace itself, but for the grounds, the gardens, Le Petit Trianon, the Hameau, all of it. Very excited, was not disappointed. Although I have to say, the hameau it's just this little village. It looks like the village from Beauty and the Beast. It's just so. Perhaps
1: peaceful. the village from Beauty and the Beast looks like
0: the Hemo. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Which came first. I'm going to guess a Hemo. Anyway. Yeah, it was not disappointing back there at all. It was one of my favorite things we did.
1: I think people ate a green bean from Versailles.
0: I think that was you, wasn't it?
1: No, I wanted to eat a grape and I had it in my fingers and didn't pull
0: it. Oh, Okay. Yes. And then we were all calling dibs on one of the cottages or the houses. I don't know what you would call them. We're like, oh no, there's my dream house. There's my retirement house. And they're like, nope, can't. That's mine. (laughs) We were all fighting about them.
1: So they do use produce from that garden in the cafes on site. And speaking of cafes, you might have heard of a famous place called Angelina's that is the most famous for their hot chocolate. And in Paris, you're going to be waiting in line. However... Here's a little secret from me and you. Guess who runs the little cafeteria at the Petit Trianon? Yes, no less than Angelina's themselves. And you can obtain the fabulous Angelina's hot chocolate in a paper cup. But that's okay. It's okay. It is so amazing. It is right there. It is in the most beautiful environment and no waiting.
0: No, and I was like, how good can hot chocolate be? But. I had no idea that hot chocolate could taste like this. It was so thick. I want to say it's almost as thick as like hot pudding, you know, before it sets up.
2: Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And I'm not much of a chocolate person, but that was an amazing cup of hot chocolate.
3: Hi, my name is Nancy. Apologies for sounding like a croaky grenouille. This trip enabled me to revisit some places from my past and to engage in some special new experiences. I enjoyed meeting new people and making connections with them that will last well beyond this trip. It's hard to pick just one thing, but among the highlights of the tour was renting a golf cart at Versailles and exploring the grounds with my new friend, Sue Lynn. We bypassed the interior to avoid the crowds, wandered the gardens, then picked up our chariot. As we followed the route through the immense grounds, we may have taken a wrong turn here or there, but that was part of the adventure. We got to Le Hameau, before the crowds arrived, and almost had it to ourselves. And then it got better as other members of the tour joined us. The sights, the experiences, the laughter, it was worth every single centime. I can't sign off without mentioning the fabulous day at Vauve or the magic of eating a recreation of Julia Child's first meal in France. And Giverny, Giverny, what a joyful side trip. Many thanks to Laura and Erica for their extraordinary planning and execution, and to Beckett and Susan for bringing us together. Merci beaucoup, et à bientôt. I think one place that I would definitely tell people to visit was the Petite
4: Maison. I know I didn't say that right, at Versailles. When I first heard about this in the podcast that I listened to on the History Chicks, I sort of rolled my eyes and was like, oh, yeah, of course she had her own little house somewhere. But once you've actually been there and walked through Versailles, which to me was so huge and intimidating, and then you go down there and you see this little home that she was able to create for herself and her children. I really think it was a special place. I think it was some place she could be herself, away from prying eyes. Um it also going through it, it really gave you a interesting sense of how life would have been for like more of a normal family at that time. You could see the kitchens, you could see how things were done, the small dining room, not the huge things, the small bedrooms. And the grounds and just the the intimacy of the place I think is what really surprised me. I like I said, when I first heard about it, I sort of rolled my eyes and didn't realize the importance it would have played in her life to have that place. So that's definitely, if you go to Versailles, I mean, definitely see Versailles, but definitely go see that small house that Marie Antoinette made her home.
5: Hi, this is Susan, the other Susan. This was not my first trip to Paris, nor was it my first trip to Versailles, but it was the first time I made it down to see Marie Antoinette's Hamo. After pushing my way through the crush of humanity in the palace, it was a relief to find myself out in the gardens, and I was happy to hop on the tram for a bumpy ride down to the Petit Trianon, and then wander over to the grounds of the Hamo. After the grandeur of Versailles, I could understand and appreciate how Marie Antoinette found respite in this quiet, idyllic atmosphere of her make-believe village. It was quiet, free of formality, and quaint. You could even imagine her still walking around the grounds playing peasant, Even I was happier walking around the Hemo than the palace, and I'm trying to figure out a way to replicate one of those cottages as a future home for myself. This is a part of site I think everyone should check out at least once. Thank you, Laura, for putting together another amazing trip. Thank you, Beckett and Susan, for creating this amazing community. And thank you to all of the old and new friends I met on this trip. Paris is always a good idea.
6: Hi, my name is Ellen. Paris is the second time I've attended a Full History Chicks field trip. I attended the first London field trip back in June 2022 where I became friends with a wonderful group of women. It was so wonderful seeing these folks again and meeting more amazing people. I think the best part of these trips have been the incredible women I've met who become dear friends. On the actual tour my favorite part was seeing Marie Antoinette's Hamlet at Versailles. The palace itself was insanely crowded that day so it was a welcome relief to get away from everyone. I love walking around the gardens and the various buildings. It really felt like you were in Belle's Village from Beauty and the Beast. The funniest part happened after we saw the farm animals. We we continued walking down the path to what we thought was a petite Trianon. Instead, we somehow ended up near the gardener's house. We didn't think much of it and took pictures in front of a beautiful sequoia tree that had a weird branch that looked like it was falling down but still somehow growing out of the tree. When we looked at the map to get our bearings, we were confused because we couldn't see the house on the map. It turns out that we had ended up in a restricted area. We have no idea how that happened because we never left the path and never saw a sign that was a restricted area. We had even had people pass us and they never said anything to us. It couldn't have been more obvious that we were tourists. It wasn't until we stumbled upon the Grand Trianon that we saw the sign that it was a restricted area. It was hilarious and no one seemed to care that we just had come from that area. Thank you again, Susan and Beckett, for this amazing podcast. And thanks, Laura, for planning these amazing trips. They really have been trips of a lifetime.
0: As you are hearing these calls, you're going to hear people saying their names. But I have never been with a group that had a collection of names like this. There was an Ashley and an Ashton, a Diana and a Diane, a Laura, a Lori, and another Laura, two Nancy's. There was a Sherry, S H A R I, a Sherry, S H E R R I E, and a Sharon. And there was Susan, me, there was other Susan, there was a Sue Lynn, and a Suzanne, and one Beckett. (laughs) It was just, I, you know, you turn your head, you hear Susan, and it would be, no, Suzanne. (laughs) It was so confusing at times. So anyway, so when you hear a lot of names that sound a lot alike, that's why. (laughs) That evening, we had a most interesting dinner adventure. Laura Hart had made this plan for us, and we all didn't really know too much about it. We went on a bus, and we went for a very long time, and the bus parked in a village that had very few people and even fewer lights, and Laura took us on this winding walk to this restaurant called Le Vieux Belleville. And here was this tiny little, it looked like it was out of Ratatouille, you know, this little Parisian restaurant. And it had an Edith Piaf theme. And suddenly somebody came out with an accordion and the songs began. It was a evening of French food, lots of wine, and lots of singing, which was either something you were really into or maybe not. And I don't think anybody was prepared for it. And I'm an extrovert. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to be singing? Yes, we are. Not only are we going to be singing, we're going to be dancing. This gentleman came in off the street, which I'm sure was part of the act. And he started taking people from our group and just dancing in these tiny little space that we had and spinning people around. And everybody was singing songs in French because we had the words in front of us, even though we didn't know what we were singing.
1: One thing I thought was cool is we were challenged. And normally I think this would go a little differently because normally there's not such a big party in there. But um, we were challenged table by table to come up with songs from our our country. Mm -hmm. And one of the major songs that I remember that everyone began to sing to the amusement of the few French tables that were in there everyone started singing, take me home country road to the place I belong. And then when it came to Mountain Mama, everyone just started laughing. It was good.
0: Yeah, it was fun. I was sitting across from Sue Lynn, and I leaned over and we came up with a song that we were going to sing. And we started singing Alouette, which is French. (laughs) It's like the only French song that I ever knew growing up. That was our contribution. Everybody else is singing Journey and John Denver, and (laughs) we're singing French songs. But okay, playing with the theme.
7: Hi, everyone. This is Laura Hart. Paris is one of my favorite destinations of all time, and to share it with all of you was extra fulfilling for me. This was such a fun group as half of the guests were return field trippers. But I have to say that by the end of the tour, you would never be able to distinguish those who were already friends from those who just met days ago. I hope my memories of Laveau Belleville never fade. I certainly don't think I will ever forget leading 47 people down a dimly lit street on the outskirts of Paris to a tiny, unassuming restaurant. I know you were all doubtful as we walked from our bus to the restaurant, but the warmth of the staff and the talent of the performers and the wine made for one of the most unique and unforgettable nights of the tour. It can be difficult in such a large city to find those quintessentially French experiences that we all want in a trip to Paris, but I think we found it at Laveau Belleville. Thanks again for being part of this group. I am already so looking forward to the next field trip.
8: Hi, my name is Lori. I'm one of the field trip veterans. This trip included many of us who call ourselves the OGs from the original London field trip. Several of us have formed lasting friendships, and I even have bonus daughters. Susan Beckett and Laura plan the best trips, and it's always fun to meet and interact with them and their traveling companions. One of the most fun things we did in this trip was a visit to the restaurant La Vue Belleville. I was expecting a dinner in a quiet place with some music and singing. This is what we got, but at a whole different level. Our group packed the little restaurant to the brim, and one of the first things I noticed was how loud it was. Even though we were early into our trip, friendships were being formed. We had just been to Versailles, and there was a lot to talk about. A few minutes after we arrived, a man came out with an accordion and a girl accompanied him, dramatically singing and acting. The mood was happy and upbeat. After a bit, a man appeared who started scooping up members of our group and dancing with them. The entertainment was so fun throughout the night, they handed out the words of the songs to sing along to, in French, of course, and asked us to sing some songs in English. During the course of the night, the owner joined in on the entertainment, and a couple others came in to sing. The debate is still out on whether we were part of, they were part of the show or just came in from off the street. Whichever it was, it made for a memorable evening.
9: Hi, my name is Sherry, and I was privileged enough to go on this year's Paris field trip with the History Chicks, and it was everything I could have asked for and more. One of the most cherished memories I have is going to the La Vieux Belleville restaurant, which is a restaurant in honor of Edith Piaf and all things Edith Piaf. And they had a wonderful singer there who sang Edith Piaf songs and encouraged us to sing along, as well as being accompanied by a wonderful accordion player. And I think one of the most fun things about it was the atmosphere just got happier and happier, probably the more and more wine that we drank. And at one point, I ended up singing a solo of Oh My Man, I Love Him So. Not sure how that happened. And my sister ended up dancing with the waiter, and it was everything hysterical and funny. So very wonderful memories of that restaurant. And Everybody had such a good time, and it was indicative, really, of the entire trip.
10: Hi. This is Amy, and I have two memories I'd love to keep. First of all, when we did the bus tour of Paris the first night, one of the things we happened to just pass by was a hotel that had maybe a hundred people out in front of it at some sort of gathering, but they were dancing, like old school, cheek-to-cheek, ballroom-style dancing. Nothing formal or fussy, just beautiful. And it was such a snapshot of Paris for me. Just beautiful, romantic, timeless. It was really, really special. And besides that, the meals and the food all together were so wonderful. La Courant and Veuve Clicot but especially at Le Vieux Belleville when we all drank wine and sang Edith Piaf songs that none of us knew the words to. And it was so wonderful. And I think it's just such a good example that sometimes you have to go out of your comfort zone and immerse yourself in someone else's life. It was fantastic.
11: Hi, this is Debbie. One of the things that surprised me was our dinner one night at Le Vieux Belleville. Someone had mentioned on our return from Versailles about dinner that night that it was a interactive music thing. So I had that gut reaction that you get at work when you hear the terms icebreaker or role-playing scenarios. Yes, the dread. Um, so I was really surprised that this would have been like the last type of thing that I would have been interested in as a extreme introvert. But I have to say it was one of the most fun nights that we had all together. Um, it was a small restaurant with an uh, accordion player and an Edith Piaf-esque singer and random dancing in this small, narrow restaurant. Um, they passed out lyrics endlessly. You thought they were never going to stop, and everybody was singing along and laughing. It was a really fun night, and I think it was made all the better because it was such a small venue, and we were all together as a group. So it was something that I never would have chosen for myself, and thankfully I didn't have to dance, otherwise I would have a different opinion. And the overall night was a very French-type evening out, a lot of laughter and fun with everybody, and they had the best little scallop potatoes in a dish that was fabulous.
1: day four, and I must say, I made a note that this was my favorite outfit that I wore the whole time. (laughs) What was it? It was, ironically, uh, the cashmere camo sweater that I had bought on our field trip to New England. Oh, yeah. That's a cute sweater on you. It's perfect. And some Fluvog boots from the 80s. Hooray. I mean, I had pants, but you know, let's just go with that. Okay. So we went to the Musee d'Orsay and we took the women in art tour. And I was very interested in the concept. Curators are so interesting to me. She had this whole presentation about art and is the person in the art nude or naked? And I didn't know there was a distinction. And she was talking about the evolution of a nude being not a real person, an idealized image of a person, and any flaw would be seen as, like, shocking. And then as time went on and the art became more realistic, actual flaws began to appear,
9: you know, and
1: then they were naked, (laughs) not nude. (laughs) It was great to me.
9: Lexi, something that I did that was very emotional was when we were in the Musée d'Orsay, In the wing with all the Impressionist paintings, I have always loved Impressionism. And standing in the room with all the Monets and Renoirs, it was extremely moving. I felt like I was among old friends and I almost cried uh, looking at all of the Renoirs and Monets and Morisots and all of those.
0: I also got very emotional at all the dagas because they just remind me of my mom, and I was really good about turning my head. I just don't like people to see me cry. I should probably be more open about it, but I was I kind of stepped back from the group and just had my moment with my mom and then I dried my face and joined everybody <laughs> again.
1: Uh, you never know what's gonna strike you. there's nope. um there's a Van Gogh exhibit there. Um, And my husband is very fond of Starry Night. And while Starry Night itself was not in the building, (laughs) um, there was um, what I was calling alternative Starry Night. And I didn't realize that even existed. So there's a little window that had Mm -hmm. happened. And also there in the restaurant, highly recommend, by the way, it makes you feel so like small but also kind of well taken care of you can eat in the cafe at the musée d'Orsay behind the big clock you're almost like a borrower do you remember that book Mm -hmm. it's that big and that much of a scale that you feel like you're about four inches tall eating inside of a big clock it's pretty amazing definitely recommend going back there the artwork the ambiance the history um, the friendliness and knowledge of the curators and everyone that works there I had a great day.
0: There. Yeah. Well, it used to be a train station. It wasn't there when Debbie and I were 16. It's been opened since then. And you can see kind of how it was a train station, but now it's it's a perfect museum. And then
1: later in the day, we went to a fabulous cheese tasting. And I cannot tell you the name of the restaurant. I wrote down Senior Frogs, which is
0: not right. Grand Oui. Which is La. Frog. Grand oui. Yeah. It's Roger La Grand oui. So it's not senior frogs. Oh, people of spring break.
1: Do you know of whom <laughs> I speak? Um, it, yes. So it was Roger the Frog. It was the most delightful experience. Also, the most wine I think I've drunk in recent memory.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I try to have a one glass of wine. It's like kind of a rule. It's a loose rule. But especially at things like this, when I might have to be talking and I only had one glass of wine, unfortunately, they kept filling that one glass up (laughs) and it was a big glass. And you know, you think wine tasting, there's just going to be a little sip. Oh, no, no. These gentlemen that put this tasting on not only found these wines and these cheeses from these tiny little family-owned businesses all over France, they told us where they were from, and they told us little things about them. There was one cheese, they said something like, you can taste the farm. And I was, okay. (laughs) But (laughs) you really (laughs) could. But you could. It was like, there was like an organic taste to it, but just in the back, it was all so delicious. We had
1: little cards and little pens, and we all brought them out and ranked our cheeses and wines, and circled what we were going to buy when we got home, and talked amongst ourselves and argued about the merits of this and that. And we all had different favorites. My particular favorites were Comte, which I came right home and grated onto some French onion soup that I made. So Comte <laughs> for the win. Mm, nope, it was second place. Number one, Mimolette, bright orange. I got some when I got home at Whole Foods, so it's available. Yeah. And then a listener, one of the Nancys, Nancy Rossoff, explained that sommelier in America are now pairing Mimolette seasonally with drumroll candy corn. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I looked it up and it is so true. <laughs> and it's so interesting because the candy corn is so, so sweet and the Mimolette is so, so salty mm-hmm. and and it's all autumn color. It's just amazing. I wouldn't think it would work, but I'm here to tell you it does.
0: Yeah, that was, well, that was my number two. My first one was the, was it goat cheese and truffles? Was it layered? I don't know. It's written in French. I think it's goat cheese. Well, that was my number one, but yeah, the mimolette was number two. And in my tiny little town, I could find none of these cheeses. So I'm going to have to venture into the big city and get to get some of them. Yeah, they're so good.
1: You know, I have to tell you, the person at Whole Foods was so tickled. And, you know, I love this actually reminds me so much of France. The people there that we talked to, the shopkeepers took such pride in knowing stories and mm-hmm. and, you know, telling telling us tales of things. And then the person at Whole Foods, sure enough, I walked in and asked for a and they couldn't believe that I just walked in and asked for it and then also told me a lot of stories about it. And oh. um, knew a lot about Comte. Helped me pick out the right thing. It was great. This was so- Whole
13: Foods down by you?
0: Mm-hmm. All right. I guess I got to take a road trip. Yeah.
13: Hi, History Chicks. This is Erica. I'm Laura's sister. And this was my first ever History Chicks trip. I was so happy to tag along. And I think one thing that really jumped out at me is, yes, we saw all these amazing historical things together. But the food, I feel like It could also be called the Culinary Chicks, because I think together we explored wines and cheeses, all made from local artisans. We learned about those from the most adorable, knowledgeable Frenchmen. That was a very memorable evening for me. We did our champagne tasting, and then the Julia Child's meal Um, I think we're all still dreaming about that sauce. I don't even need to say any more about that. Um, The beauty of that souffle. I just feel like we went on such a culinary adventure together. And I loved hearing people just like oh the goat cheese and just all of the various things that that jumped out to our palates as well. So, and then on a personal note, it was very fun for me as Lara's sister to watch something she's worked so hard on come to life firsthand. I remember when she told me about her business idea of bringing together like-minded people with a shared passion I thought it was brilliant then and then to watch it in action and this community um, and Susan and Beckett have created the most extraordinary community of amazing people. So I felt very privileged to be on this trip. So love you all. Thank you for the memories and merci beaucoup. The street
1: that Roger Le Grenoy is on is very picturesque. It's um, tucked away, cobblestoned. Another famous restaurant, La Jacobine, famous in Paris for its onion soup. As we joked on the trip, French onion soup, you know, or as they call it in France, onion soup. <laughs> Yeah, that that joke went around a lot. And then um, there's also a lovely little gelato establishment at the end of the block. If you have any room left, I just don't know where you'd put it. But somehow in France, sometimes your dessert stomach comes back from childhood.
0: (laughs) You get a second wind. Yeah, my dessert stomach didn't come back. But there was two things that my friend Debbie and I didn't do when we were 16 that I really wanted to do. One was to go to the top of the Arc de Triomphe at night. And the other thing that I really, really wanted to do was go to the catacombs. So I had purchased tickets for Deb and I to go to the catacombs after our wine and cheese tasting. I think I was two or three wines in and I turned to Debbie and I said, I don't think that it's safe for us to go to the catacombs because you have to walk down these stone steps, a lot of them, to get to the catacombs as part of the tour. And then you have to walk back up again. And I thought my middle-aged self was going to be in trouble. After all this wine, (laughs) I couldn't make it. And so I had to let my catacombs tickets go unused. But Debbie did agree. So at least I you said had a know, partner.
1: Here's the thing: we are going again in October, yes, of 2024. We are. So you know, book that earlier in the day.
0: Yeah, and here, this is no spoiler. I didn't get to do the other thing I wanted to do either. So I didn't even plan for that. I thought, oh, it'll happen. No, it didn't. Just happen. So I'm definitely planning for both of those things in 2024. Dang it.
1: Day five started out strong. Um, we went in our vehicle to Ras Cathedral and listeners of the recent Veuve Clicquot episode will find this sounds very familiar. The cathedral is so pillars of the earth, my favorite book of all time. I buy copies of it wherever I can and stick them in little free libraries all over the place. I lit a candle there for my mom, but then... I looked and saw that the grave of both Clico herself was within striking distance if I hustled. And so while everyone was looking around the cathedral, I got on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you did that. So
0: tell me about the cemetery. Well,
1: it was exactly far enough away that I would go there and get back just in time. So I did alert Laura that I was leaving, but I took off and I, while I was walking relatively fast in a very picturesque little main street, didn't have much chance to look around because I had a goal in mind. I got the geolocation codes for the actual grave because I knew I might not find it when I got there. So I had that in hand and it was leading me straight there. I literally walked into this amazing cemetery, which I will have more time in next year. Walked in, walked right up to her grave and her tomb and took pictures of it and then got back just in time. I think I was a little bit late. Others thought I had been lost, but Laura knew where I was, so.
0: Yeah, I knew you weren't lost, but yeah, I'm so glad you got to do that. We were back on the bus, but these bus rides are so fun. On this particular one, there's a woman named Sue Lynn who had actually bought wine charms for everybody in the group. She was teaching Caitlin how to knit. <laughs> you know, there's conversations going on, and then Caitlin and Sue Lynn are knitting
14: <laughs> on the bus. I love it. Hi, this is Diana from New York City, the recording from Sicily right now. This time around in Paris, because there were so many familiar faces, I felt like the whole group became very comfortable with each other very quickly. I looked forward to sharing breakfasts at the hotel and riding the bus with my fellow travelers. On these bus rides, I would listen to conversations around me and realize that people were inevitably talking about subjects that I loved. And this made me so happy. One conversation that stands out was about the musical Hamilton. It brought me so much joy to hear others breaking down history-themed musical theater with the same fervor that I think about it with. These were my people. Additionally, I spent nearly every bus ride laughing to the point of literal tears at some of the running commentary made by Lori Bloom. I won't forget her wonderful quips and her willingness to be my personal photographer. Once again, I'm grateful for the experiences had with these specific group of people and for Beckett, Susan, Laura, and Erica for making it all happen.
1: Off we went to a magical experience. We arrived at Veuve Cliquot itself.
0: We were able to go down into the caves. Now, if you've listened to our Veuve Clico episode, we talk about the caves quite a bit. So to be able to go down into them and to see Champagne aging down there and just walk around. We had a tour. You know, you weren't allowed to just meander freely, but it was just magical. I don't have another word for it. They did some amazing lighting down there. There was orange, that Veuve Clicquot, yellow, orange, everywhere. There was lighting that was, it was, I don't know what else to say. It was as amazing as it could possibly be. And I can't even delete all that. What? <laughs> I have no words. I don't know what to say. It was, you said magical and that's the word I wrote down. And that's the only one I can think of. I think because we had covered her so recently That just going down into the caves, it was amazing. It was just tingly, you know. And then our tour guide said, you will look and you will think these are not
1: real, that these are only staged for your pleasure, but they must remain serene. (laughs) (laughs) No, she said they are sleeping and must remain serene. (laughs) <laughs> that is that is like the oh, nicest way to say don't touch that I have ever yeah. heard in my whole
0: life. <laughs> I, know. I will say there was a couple, it wasn't our group. Somebody else had like, uh, there was dust on the bottles and they had made a little graffiti with the dust. I know, I, I don't know who did that. It wasn't anybody in our group because I was at the front of our line and it was there when we walked in, I swear.
1: <laughs> sure. And then yeah. we were treated to an amazing site, Vove Clicquot so gracious, such good hosts, had put up. wolf Clicot welcomes the History Chicks field trip to Paris on a sign right as we came in to the tasting area, and that was amazing.
0: Ugh, tasting is not... We had a five-course luncheon with champagne throughout. There was three different kinds of champagnes, five different courses, and I saved the menu. We, we had a uh, lobster roll and... Okay. To say this, it sounds like Thanksgiving. It was turkey and seasonal vegetables and potato with gravy on it, but it was French and it was not nothing like was on anybody's Thanksgiving table here in the United right. States this year. I didn't think that I liked champagne, but I learned something very important of <laughs> I just don't like cheap champagne. Ah. <laughs> oh, yes. I couldn't believe that champagne was as good as it was. And that I'd been depriving myself of this for my entire life. I have to say, when I came home, I talked about my bottle of Veuve Clicquot that I'd bought back in, what, August. It had sat in my cheese drawer until Thanksgiving this year when we popped the top on it and everybody drank it and they all had the same opinion that, wow, I just didn't like cheap champagne.
1: (laughs) So um, Susan's Veuve Clicquot did not remain serene. No.
15: Hi, this is Janet, and this was my second field trip with the History Chicks. I love this way of traveling with like minded people, as curated by the incomparable Laura Hart. The pace is perfect for me, and the special tours and the people are amazing. I had been to Paris several times, but I chose to return with Beckett and Susan because, sure enough, I learned and visited so many new things. On the guided history walk of Paris, I heard about a woman named Simone Veil who I'd never heard about before, and our tour guide at the Musée d'Orsay talked about the difference between the nude and the naked, or the nude et le déshabillé. I was able to practice that distinction at the Louvre. Finally, as someone who doesn't drink alcohol, I'm kind of a Diet Coke fan, I still enjoyed and learned on the wine and cheese tasting and visiting Veuve Clicot's cellars. Those were really fun parts of the trip for me. So please don't let previous visits to a location or perhaps some restrictions stop you. This is an amazing way to travel. So join us next time.
0: But our day was not over. When we got back to Paris after Beuve we got all dressed up and we went out to the Moulin Rouge, world famous Moulin Rouge, home of the can-can. We went in, we had more champagne, and watched the show. I was so appreciative of the skill of the dancers. It was just a fun night, something very different. I mean, it's a tourist place. It it was full of tourists, but that's okay, because you know what? We were tourists, and we just got into it and enjoyed the show. My
1: plus one, Robin and I both had to do a little bit of work. So instead of going to the Moulin Rouge, we did our work. And then we went out. There comes a time in every trip where you sort of reach for a little bit of normality for your daily life at home. Mm-hmm. And I think it is so hilarious that Jules restaurant, for the purposes of all the Irish people that were coming to the World Cup, oh. had changed their name to O'Joule for the time. But anyway, we went to O'Joule a French restaurant with a temporary Irish name and ate nachos. (laughs) So we had a multicultural experience of nachos. And then we got in our Jim Jam jammies and our big poofy socks. And we got our books that we had bought at the Buchanists or at Shakespeare and Company. And we got in our beds, our two little twin beds, like two little girls at boarding school and individually (laughs) and in complete silence read our books. It was great. Oh, that is
0: such a Beckett and Robin night. I'm so glad you got to have that.
1: <laughs> Once again, on day six, we got in our bus and took off out of town. This time to the charming town of Rouen, most famous possibly for being the place where Joan of Arc met her untimely end. Um, secondarily famous for being the location of the very first restaurant in France. At which Julia Child was inspired by the cuisine and changed her profession.
0: At La Carome, we were taken to a private dining room and served the same meal that Julia Child ate when she went there all those years ago. It started with oysters and... I am from the East Coast and have eaten oysters my whole life, and I've never had oysters that tasted like this. Our oysters are kind of, this is going to sound gross, especially to you, Beckett, who doesn't care for foods like this, but our oysters are kind of meaty compared to these. These just really slipped right down, leaving just this taste of the ocean on their way, which sounds not good until you try them. (laughs) Fortunately, there were people at my table who were like, oh, I don't care for oysters. And I was like, oh, well, I'll help you out.
2: <laughs> well,
1: I also, I don't know if I have spoken of my distaste for creatures with exoskeletons. I mean, they're fine, just not in my mouth, you know. And so when I was faced with these oysters, I thought, well, you know, A, for Julia Child, you know, raise the glass. I'm going to do right. this. And then, and, you know, I'm treating it like some kind of roller coaster. And then um, be, Chris Graham would be proud of me. So I went ahead and just began. I will say they could do with a makeover ap- appearance-wise. I mean, definitely <laughs> shut your eyes. And I um, I liked them. I, li- I mean, I liked them just fine. And they were good. <laughs> uh, they weren't as um, shocking as I thought. They did actually taste like the ocean. So I did eat the four small ones. The two big ones defeated me and I let them be. It, there was just too much. <laughs> it was too
0: much for me, but I was very proud of myself for getting out of my comfort zone in that way. So there you go. Yes, that's. I'm very proud of you too. I was. We weren't sitting at the same table, so I wasn't sure if you had taken part in the oysters. I would have helped you with those big ones. Just saying. Do
16: you they chew have them this, or
1: what? I don't. No.
0: No. Okay, I would have
1: died like, of choking.
0: Then they were big. No, 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 they were not I didn't see any oysters at our table that were bigger than ones that we have here in the United States. I don't know what size they
1: are. They were too big I'm for me. I'm just telling you
0: not to yeah, be okay. dead. <laughs> here in the United States, we serve our oysters with like cocktail sauce and lemon. Here there was this shallot. Mignonette. See that part I know. <laughs> oh, impressive. I never had that and it was just as good as cocktail sauce in a different way. So I loved it. I loved it. There was nothing about this meal that I didn't love. The sole manière, which was the entree, it was fish in this brown butter sauce. And we were all having our best manners, but I could tell everybody in my table was like, I would lick this plate if I could. <laughs> That's what the bread's <laughs> I like, for. I know. We Well, we didn't have that much bread left at that point, but I had saved a piece of mine. So I was able to be part of the clean, cl- the clean plate club.
1: <laughs> I am still raving about, and, and it was like a, A souffle with a memory of apple. So I'm sure it was Calvados, which is like apple brandy. Um, It just had the memory of apples in a light cloud. It was wonderful dessert.
0: Oh, uh, that souffle was the size of my face. Now, honestly, I don't think that Julia Child had that souffle. I think she had cheese at that point. But I'm so glad they substituted the the, uh, souffle because it was huge and fantastic.
17: Hi, everyone. My name is Ashton. And this was my first official history chick's trip to go on, and I had one of the best times I've ever had on a trip in my entire life. As far as one of the things that I did that was really, really emotional to me that I did not expect was after eating at La Coronne and having that very interesting meal, we were able to look out of this window and see the cross that marked The point where Joan of Arc was martyred and burnt at the stake. I hadn't expected that to hit me so hard. But after lunch, we went down and we got to see the plaque that marked the exact spot and the cross and the base that marked the exact spot that she was burned and bearing witness to that and being in Rouen where all it happened and hearing about everything really hit home to me how impactful it was. And I really. I really felt so strongly what it could have been like to have been standing on those cobblestones 600 years ago and watching maybe even from the La Corone Inn that was around during her time. So anyway, thank you so much. I had such a wonderful trip and that really was the moment to me that uh, impacted me. This is Elise.
18: I think that uh, one of the excursions that we took with the History Chicks Paris field trip That is a memory that I hope will never fade, is our excursion to Rouen. That town was so charming, and it looked like we had stepped into a little Disney village a la Beauty and the Beast. And we went to La Carune, which was the restaurant that Julia Child had had her first meal and changed the course of her life. And that restaurant looked like a little gingerbread house. And it was just such a charming little place. And the food was so good. And we just had such a wonderful time in that town. And I just want to make sure that I keep a mental picture of that town that we walked around.
19: Bonjour, everyone. This is Karen. And Paris was my first History Chicks field trip, and my first time across the pond by myself. So I was very thankful that when I got there, everyone in the group was so welcome and friendly. There were so many great experiences that it's hard to narrow down to just one, but if I had to, I think my favorite day was Rouen. I especially loved our lunch at La Coronne. To be in a restaurant that was established in 1345 was really special. So much history in one place. And then we had the exact meal that inspired Julia Child to learn the art of French cooking. Wow. No, I didn't eat the oysters, but that brown butter sauce with the fish, I could have licked my plate. It was so delicious. And the souffle was heaven. Plus, I had wonderful table mates, good conversation, good food, just a great lunch. Thank you to Laura and Erica for guiding us through my favorite city in the world. And to Beckett and Susan, it was truly a joy to meet you both. Thank you so much for creating such a wonderful community for history lovers and friends. Au revoir.
20: Hi, this is Laura. And what I loved about the Paris trip was I somehow ended up in the museum representing um, Joan of Arc's life. I ended up in the chapel by myself. And it was just such a moment of solitude and reflection and spirituality just upon her life and as a young woman and wanting to save her country and just a personal reflection for me on my own life. And also going to the Marche Opus was so much fun and just a place I've always wanted to go. But I ended up in this linen shop with linens from the 19th century, and ribbons, and aprons, and bed coverings, and all kinds of remnants. And it just, I really connected with this vendor, because that's kind of how my (laughs) sewing room is. And she ended up having the same name as me. And then the shop next door was owned by her husband, and they had the cutest dog named Madame. And I just had so much fun connecting with them.
8: This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you.
1: It just seems like every single day was action-packed. Action-packed adventure day. And Saturday was one of those days where it was sort of a a free day that everyone could go off and explore those little corners of Paris that had especially intrigued them.
0: There's a group of about 16 of us who really wanted to go to Givernais, which is where Monet did all of his paintings, all those water lilies. There's gardens there. His house is there. There's a beautiful little village. We had timed entry to get into the Monet experience. So we had stopped at a bistro to get a little snack. And I did the one thing I knew you're not supposed to do in France. When we sat down to eat, now there was a table of about 12 of us. When we sat down to eat and gave our order, I did tell the waiter, and I said it in French. At this point, my French was getting a little bit better, traveler French. I told him we were in a hurry and could we get the check when we got our food, which I know is really not done in France. And he just kind of looked at me and he went, (laughs) d'accord, which means okay. Okay, so my um, favorite waiter encounter <laughs>
1: happened closer to, we had this one little bistro near the hotel that we would go to often, just like the default. If you weren't feeling it, if you weren't feeling adventurous, you could just toddle down and get really nice food. And by the end, it was like our local, you know. I was looking out and evidently the waiter had picked something up that had dropped and I didn't see him go by or bend down. So when I turned around, he stood up right in front of me on the sidewalk and I went, ah oh! And I screamed a little. And he starts laughing and he goes, oh, but believe me, I am not a ghost. You do not have to fear me. And so from then on, he would point and he goes, here I am again, the ghost waiter. It was so hilarious. So the rest of the week, Robin and I referred to him as ghost waiter.
0: (laughs) Well, I have to say we had our timed entry and we made it. And while there were a lot of people there that day, It was laid out these gardens that you could actually get a picture that looked like there was nobody else there, even though there was a hundred people right next to you. And it looked just as beautiful as a Monet painting. And the house was stunning, the gardens, everything. It was so, so worth the day trip going out there. We were all so excited. We'd go into the gift shop and I literally said, just take my money. I did so much Christmas shopping while I was there. (laughs) Speaking of shopping...
1: Some other of us went to assorted flea markets. The big one, of course, Saint-Ouen, I think. Juan. I don't know how to say that. (laughs) Ouen? It's just a vowel sound, I think. Um, And that's the big one. Lots of people went there. Some of our listeners were able to go to a vintage couture store there in which she bought actual Chanel buttons and sewed them on one of her jackets. And so she has a jacket with actual Chanel buttons on it now. What a souvenir that is. For sure. So I did go to a different flea market first. It's plus vav V-A-N-V-E-S. And I was tempted by a giant portrait of Victor Hugo, which I didn't buy. But then I caved and bought a big floral painting, which became a little bit of an albatross (laughs) (laughs) because it wouldn't fit in my suitcase. And FedEx was going to charge 400 euro to send it, which is more than the picture. And so I just determined, well, we're going to roll the dice. I am not going to buy another carry on. I'm going to treat this as my second checked bag and I'm going to see if I can get it home. Yeah, it was a big saga and it finally (laughs) did make it home.
0: (laughs) And it looks great on your wall. You sent me a picture. Once you had it hung up, it looks amazing on that wall.
1: One thing that I thought was cute, this is how I think I actually got it on the first plane. A lot of times people from non-American countries don't fully understand when you say, how are you? They just answer you. It's, they don't fully understand it's just a opening salvo and it's not really a request for information. <laughs> and so the lady behind the counter was sniffling and I said, well, how are you? And she's like, I am sick. I wish my mother was here and blah, blah, blah. And I feel so sad and blah, blah, blah. And I was asking her what she ate as a child that made her feel comfortable. And maybe she could get that for lunch. And we talked about macaroni and cheese <laughs> and chicken soup. And she goes, oh, madam, you know what? Wait a minute. And she like called the guy and she goes, you know, I was supposed to charge you this for oversize, but it would be free for you. <laughs> and she slapped that sticker on and I got all
0: the way home with that painting and I did not <laughs> pay an oversized fee. It's your Midwestern politeness. <laughs> I've told you it's rubbed off on me. I had my, you know, walls up. I'm from the East Coast. We don't we don't talk to everybody. Yeah. But since being around with you, I think I'm a little more friendly. So what else did I get? I got um, napkins
1: and tea towels and some silverware pieces that made it back that were small. (laughs) They just went in the suitcase. (laughs) Flea markets are definitely dangerous for me. I am definitely going to take a tape measure next time because I just don't know that my heart can take that pressure.
21: (laughs) Hi, this is Ashley. This was my first History Chicks field trip and the thing that made me sign up for the tour and that I was the most excited to do was visit Le Marche Puces, the uh, flea market. A flea market is an understatement. It is massive, winding, little mysterious place where you find a new shop on every corner. It feels absolutely magical. I couldn't wait to do this because I am obsessed with vintage clothing and vintage sewing notions. And I just knew that there were going to be magical treasures awaiting me. And I was not wrong. I found the most beautiful vintage ribbon trim, vintage clothes, adorable, you know, uh, jewelry, so many gifts for my family. It was truly magical. I think I love vintage clothing so much because I feel like it really tells me the history of people It's in our everyday belongings. If you look around your house, like the things that around you that you surround yourself with that is, that is what your life is. And so to be able to just enter a market of those little individual personal histories was so astounding. I also had a lot of fun making side quests to as many vintage shops and thrift stores as I could find. And I definitely came home with many, many treasures that I enjoy wearing every day. It was the most fun. I had so much fun exploring and digging through the past.
22: Hi, I'm Brandy. Before I give any sort of highlight, um, I just want to say to any woman out there who thinks it might be selfish or irresponsible to take 10 days for yourself, everyone and everything will be there when you return. Um, When you get home, your husband will smell amazing, um, but your house will smell weird and your teenagers will smell weird and your dogs will smell weird. Honestly, you were probably nose blind to it all and needed the reminder. All I'm saying is go, just go. Um, I want to echo what I'm sure everyone else will say. Laura Hart did an amazing job creating this itinerary. It was fantastic. I love the Dorcé, the wine and cheese tasting, and the gardens at Versailles. But my favorite part of the itinerary Laura created was the visit to Veuve Um The tour and lunch at Veuve Clicquot will be, for me, a memory I hope never fades. My favorite off the tour, sort of in my own time side quest, though, was Giverny. Monet's gardens, his home, his water lilies, the town, the river, the company. Everything about that day was lovely. If you're ever able to visit Giverny, I hope that you love it, even just half as much as I did. Um, Susan and Beckett, thank you for creating this community of people with a passion for women's history. And Laura, thank you for taking all these like-minded people on a trip of a lifetime. This is Lizette Hardy. My side quest was to go visit Monet's
15: gardens at Giverny. They were just as magical as I had hoped. And I spent a lovely, most of the day, wandering among beautiful flowers and sharing good times with friends. That's the side quest that I would recommend.
1: Day eight, the last full day in Paris. We went to a place that I absolutely love. Is it morbid? Yes. Is it also a place I could spend all day? Also, yes, we okay. went to Pere Lachaise Cemetery, and in Pere Lachaise, if you if you haven't been there, gosh, it is. How do I describe it? It's above ground tombs, family tombs, family plots, lots of statuary, some very clever, some very touching monuments. Even just just reading the the headstones, you can just imagine. There's so many stories in this one place.
0: Thank you, Google Maps, because they were able to get you to exactly the tomb that you were looking for. Jim Morrison, there you go. 16 steps this way, you know, whatever it was. Oscar Wilde, go this way. I'm so glad for Google Maps.
1: (laughs) Also, uh, Sophie Blanchard is there. Mm, Right. That's a very throwback to a way back earlier subject. Yeah. After we left Père Lachaise, I was a glutton for punishment and wanted to go back down to Montmartre, and there's another famous cemetery there tucked really interestingly under an overpass, and it is definitely worth seeing. Interestingly, right there... (laughs) The World Cup was happening, you know the uh-huh. and the Irish were everywhere because a very canny actual Irish pub had put up TV screens outside of its establishment, and <laughs> the green clad fans that had traveled all the way across the channel were filling the intersections in Montmartre. So, Robin and I, I mean, it was so awesome. The guards of the cemetery, though, were looking down the hill in great worry as they all heard "Oi, oi, oi!" you know, and all this, and I'm like, they're not a riot. They're just fans. (laughs) And then we climbed a mountain, climbed, 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 climbed a mountain. (laughs) We climbed Montmartre and we were headed to a museum which houses the painting and the studio of Suzanne Valadon, a model turned artist. Friends with everyone you could think of that she would be friends with uh, in the art world. Up there also, the haunt of Toulouse-Lautrec, the home of Van Gogh and his brother, Theo. We got all the way to the top of the mountain, though, and the museum was closed for a wedding. There was a winery in the back that makes a perfect backdrop for such an event, so I couldn't begrudge them that, certainly. No kidding. We stopped at a bar and had about 20 pounds of cheese... (laughs) (laughs) brought to us. uh, The man felt sorry for us. It was a weird time. And that's the thing. You hit there at like 3.30 or 4 and there's just nothing to eat or nothing open. Now he brought copious drinks and then our sad faces moved him to go make us a cheese board. And uh, we were the only ones that had a cheese board. So we must have had some Midwestern charm again.
23: No, It had to be.
1: It had to be. I mean, you think I'm exaggerating with that cheese. And you know, 20 pounds is a bit of an exaggeration, but it was at least two and a half pounds of cheese. Oh, no, you sent me a picture. Wow. I believe you. Yeah. Yo yeah. I so, yeah, I mean. there is a beautiful view. And there was this kind of weird, we didn't stop, but there was this kind of weird little, just looked like a regular old neighborhood bar. Mm-hmm not even a pub, not even a, like, it it didn't have any outward charm to us, but yet it was crowded as heck. And we wondered what the deal was until we rounded the corner and saw their terrace. And you got a straight shot view down the hill, no buildings in the way, all the way down to the Eiffel Tower. It was amazing. I couldn't believe it. Definitely going back, although you'd have to fight everyone because everyone's in on that secret. You turn the corner and all of a sudden, like, there's everyone. Hi, everyone. It was, it was pretty cool. Like, how did you get up here? Because we are about dead. Did you get a ride or? Yeah. Well,
0: after Père Lachaise, Debbie and I went to Les Puces, which is a flea market. It's the biggest, oldest, hugest, most intimidating flea market in Paris. And we just kind of got lost in there. And I was looking for something specific for my son for Christmas. And I thought, oh, for sure, they'll have it here. I'm sure they had it somewhere. I could not find what I was looking for. I'm not going to tell you what it is, because when we sat down at a restaurant to eat lunch, I thought, well, shoot, why don't I just buy it off eBay? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So I sat there in Les Puces and bought his Christmas present. (laughs) while having my croque monsieur. huh <laughs> Do they serve croque monsieur with blackberry jelly there? Like they do here? Uh no. There was no blackberry jelly. I got a Fanta though. Because Fanta soda is different in Europe than it is here. It actually tastes like orange. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: the wine tastes like wine too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't drink wine at every meal.
24: <laughs> hey, this is Angie. On the final day of our field trip to Paris. I set out from Père Lachaise Cemetery to try to find the Bastille Market. A friend who had once lived in Paris said it was the coolest thing to do on a Sunday morning that I must go. So I set off down the hill, found the market, found the fresh eggs, found the fresh herbs de Provence, found the fresh oysters, but the thing I wanted most was a crepe. So I located the crepe maker. There she was, standing at her tent. Making crepes on the fly, I finally figured out how to get in line it was not easy, because it was a mass instead of a line. Uh, but I found my spot. It was next in line, and the crepe maker was making crepes for the person in front of me, and they did something wrong, and I still sometimes, never could figure out, knew I had done things wrong, never could figure it out, figure it out. So uh, it was happening to these people. They knew they were doing something wrong and they couldn't figure it out, but they got, finally got their crepe, paid for it, walked away. It was my turn. And I walked up. The crepe maker rolled her eyes. I pointed at myself and she said, no, 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 shook her head, asked me what I wanted. So here's my thing. I ordered in French. I got what I asked for. She didn't roll her eyes at me. She told me how much it was in French. I answered her in French and she said, merci. And I said, merci. She didn't roll her eyes. I got my crepe. It was a great day.
0: After our adventures that day, we all went back got dressed up again because it was time for our final dinner. We went on a dinner cruise on the Seine at night, just like at the beginning where we saw Paris all twinkly. This time we saw Paris all twinkly, but on the water. Ah, I
1: have to say it was, I mean, it was so romantic on the roof. Mm-hmm. You just sort of couldn't believe what was passing you.
0: Yeah, there was one point where, I mean, there's the Eiffel Tower, and then you go down a little farther, and there's the Statue of Liberty. The boat turns around, so you can get a shot of the French version of the Statue of Liberty with the Eiffel Tower right behind it, both lit up.
1: That particular Statue of Liberty, I'm just going to say this, and we can cut it out if it's wrong. That particular Statue of Liberty was given to the citizens of France to sort of hold them because a lot of them did not wish for the real one to leave and go to America, (laughs) having been used to seeing her glorious visage above their own city as they were test fitting all the parts. And they didn't want it to go. And an expat group of Americans bought the city of Paris a smaller model. And that is where it sits. I could be wrong because I think it's in a different place. I think it's a different one. But I just wanted to have that there in case it was that. Oh, I okay. think it was the, um, the Ile des scene or whatever and is what that is. So I'll have to double check.
25: Hi, this is Inga from Hamburg, Germany. I think some of my favorite memories of the Paris trip were all the fantastic root meals Laura organized for us. They weren't only delicious and a way to taste French food, but also great experiences and opportunities for even better conversations and lots of laughter. First, we had the Edith Piaf dinner with amazing musicians that made it unforgettable. Even though I'm pretty sure Edith Piaf would not be happy about the way I butchered her songs. The next day, we had the wine and cheese tasting with some of the best cheese I've ever had. I'm still a little sad that my favorite cheese of the evening was the one not listed on a menu card. The day after that, we had the very fancy and delicious lunch at Vaux with surprisingly tasty champagne considering I usually don't like any kind of wine. I even tried an oyster at La and discovered that they are definitely not for me. And of course, there was the dinner cruise on the last day. I think I might have been one of the few people who actually finished the foie gras. It's similar to German Leberwurst, which I enjoy a lot. Not that I have ever eaten it with strawberries before, which is not a bad combination, but not one I'll integrate into my breakfast anytime soon. Thank you, Susan and Beckett, for the amazing History Chicks community. Thank you, Laura, for organizing this fantastic trip. And thank you to everyone on the trip for being such a great group.
1: And now, without further ado, let's let some of the people that were with us give you some tales of other side quests that we
22: have not covered. Hi, this is Sue Lynn, and I just loved hanging out with this group of women. And we were instant friends. Sounds so cliché, but it really happened. Um, we took a side quest to Montmartre to find Amelie at the movie locations. It was really fun wandering Sakukuro. seems like every corner was special. We wandered and found Picasso's studio alley. The I Love You all. Sakukuro was amazing. Just such a special experience to travel with these women.
26: Bye! Hi, this is
16: Shannon, and I was lucky enough to go on my second field trip with the History Chicks and Laura with Like Mind Travel. My favorite thing that we did that was off tour was a trip to the Dior Gallery um, on our first evening there. I just adored it. It was something that I had been looking forward to since I found out about the trip. It was amazing. There was a group of us that had gone together, um, which made it even more special. It was one of those experiences that each time you went to a different room, you could hear the group gasp. It was glorious. highly, highly recommend. Also, would like to say specially thank you to Laura, Beckett, and Susan for making this trip so special. For anybody who is thinking of traveling independently and is a little bit worried, don't be. You will 100% be included in a group of, no pun intended, like-minded travelers. There is no feeling of being left out. There is no feeling of, am I going to fit in? You will 100% find your people on these types of trips. It is exactly what you would hope for. Again, a special thank you to Susan Beckett and Laura for making my time in Paris so special, and I hope to travel with you all again. Hi, this is
8: June. In Paris, I was very excited to find out that just like London, there was a postal museum. France's postal service goes back about 600 years, initially using the Roman roads for their couriers. There were amazing artifacts and a wonderful English audio tour and the gift shop had some really cute items made out of old mail bags. It was a very good day for a postal geek like me.
23: Hi, this is Nancy Benson. One of the highlights of our trip were all the fun extras we got to do on the side. For instance, we got a great tip from Ashley to visit the store where Julia Childs purchased her copper pots when she lived in Paris. The kitchen store was amazing and worth the special trip. Lots of copper pots, rolling pins, and kitchen items that were perfect to fulfill your Parisian kitchen dream. So many tips from other women on the trip for side trips to stores, how to do the Louvre in two hours, 30 minutes, Paris hot chocolate with Chantilly cream at Carret Paris, Le Relais de Venise for the best steak frites. History chicks women Are not only nice and fun but they're full of great ideas for shopping and seeing the best sights in paris went to paris with one friend but met so many great women and made new friendships for life thanks history chicks for the best vacation ever
12: my name is dana one afternoon i went to tea at the ritz paris it's a place where my most very favorite people in history have passed through at some point The entire experience was absolute luxury. They started off by offering me a newspaper, which I then had to pretend to read, and that was followed up, of course, by tiny little tea cakes and scones and a wonderful blend of tea. And then, of course, we ended it with a delectable dessert. The service was impeccable, and I felt almost like Zelda Fitzgerald and Ingrid Bergman and Maria Callas and any one of Ernest Hemingway's paramours. Sitting in this perfect Parisian oasis, sipping my tea was so extremely rejuvenating and special. It was exactly how I pictured it when I made the reservation. I was completely absorbed by the history and all the people who had visited before me and the service of the Paris Ritz, and I hope I never forget the experience.
19: Hi, Susan Beckett. This is Kelsey. I had the most amazing time in Paris and I met so many incredible people. A side quest that I took off tour that was very special was doing a Paris World War II history walking tour. On the tour, I learned all about the Nazi occupation and the resistance efforts that took place in Paris. It was incredible to see the bullet holes that still mark the buildings near Notre Dame. Thank you so much for organizing the tour.
14: It was truly unforgettable. Hi, this is
26: Sharon. Oh, my favorite
14: part of the History Chicks. Uh, Paris trip was going to the Dursay Museum, as well as uh, my side trip to the Louvre and to the Dior Gallery. One thing that's amazing about this group of uh, women, as well as a few roosters, is that everyone is so friendly and outgoing. And you can join different groups to go to the areas or see the sites that interest you. I went solo and I was a little nervous about it at first. Um, but boy, the people on these on this trip was fantastic. I can't say enough. I'm looking forward to the next one. That will do
1: it for the official travel log for Paris 2023, the History Chicks field trip. We hope to see each and every one of you on one of our field trips in 2024 and beyond. And we will let some other of our traveling friends end
2: the show. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hi, my name is Patty. I am still emotionally recovering from the Paris field trip. I had an amazing time. I have so many wonderful memories from getting to bond with my Belmare to uh, eating a cheese and butter baguette under a chestnut tree in Versailles that like just took me back in time. But I think the most meaningful memories that I have are learning about the women that came on the trip. We had such a cool, diverse group of people with such interesting backgrounds, and it was fun to learn about their lives. I'm so grateful that I got to do this, and I hope I can do it again. Hello,
27: my name is Cynthia, and I am one of the two four-timers. Lori and I have been on every single History Chicks field trip. I think what I would like to say about this field trip is maybe the same thing I said about a previous field trip is Paris was wonderful. We had some fantastic experiences, delicious meals and exciting experiences, and it was great. The whole thing was great start to finish, but the thing I enjoy the most is the camaraderie. I love meeting the women who have a common interest and talking to them about how they found the podcast, what was their first episode they listened to, what was their favorite episode, and, and you were immediately bonded. And I really enjoyed that aspect of the field trip. So thank you, Laura, Susan, and Beckett for creating this wonderful community and um, hope to see you on number five. At my grandmother's 100th birthday, as children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren were running amok, my dad looked at my grandma and said, you started all this. I'm Suzanne, and I actually said the same to Beckett. The wonderful History Chicks started all this. Their dedication, drive, and hard work created not only a beautiful podcast, but a beautiful community. This was my second trip with the History Chicks and Like Minds Travel. I've decided it's the only way to go, and my rooster comes too. Paris brought champagne, La Coran, Moulin Rouge, Reims, Rouen, Versailles, but most importantly women. I can't aptly express how truly I admire and am honored by the women we traveled with their genuine kindness in making sure everyone is included, caring about what everyone saw, helping them find what they wanted to see. No one ever had to go on an adventure alone. It, like so many of the women covered in the podcast, made me proud of how women help each other succeed each and every day. Do I think Paris was wonderful? Yes. Did I mention champagne? But I think traveling with this group is an experience of a lifetime. Thank you to Becca and Susan for starting all this. And thank you, Laura, at Like Minds Travel for taking us around the world.
26: I give myself very good advice, but I very seldom take it. I give myself my most solemn word, but I fear I offer. I don't know why it's so hard for me to behave the way I should be. My mind says I am not listening. La, 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 la. I make myself very lofty goals, but I very seldom keep them. And as for rewards from self control, well, I fear I all very well, when I stop to think, it all goes to hell when I'm on the brink, my mind says I am not listening, la, 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 la. I should hear a knock on the door I should check twice Just to be sure And if there's a rabbit hole in the floor I should stay put